Genesis 39, 1-12. <clears throat> now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted him entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. After a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in his house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by the cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand, and he ran out of the house. This is the word of God. Before you sit down, can you go around and welcome one another? Let's greet one another. At least 15. Let's do that at least 15. Continuing our sermon series on uh, Lord to Success, uh, based on Joseph in Old Testament. As I mentioned uh, more than a few times, biblically speaking, success is knowing uh, and following the will of God for your life. It's knowing and following the will of God for your life. So it is important for us to discover what is God's will for your life, for us, for our lives. What is His will for our lives? And following the role is important. Following means, it, it, so it is more of a process. Rather than reaching to the final destination, you have to know how to stay on the right track. So without the process, there's no uh, success out of us. Uh, on this journey, uh, I don't know if you can remember, we'll face many uh, speed bumps. Those things that God wants to deal with us, God wants to get rid of from us. Uh, it's kind of attitudes. It's, you know, as Barbara Bush mentioned, life is all about an attitude. Having a right attitude is so important. But as a young age teenager of Joseph, he uh, didn't have a good attitude. He had a judgmental attitude. And he was so... Prideful, and he was self-centered. 
And that's why God had to deal with uh, those attitudes. God has to get rid of those attitudes so he can get back to the uh, road to success. Remember last week's sermon? It's, you know, it's hard to remember you know, your previous sermons, right? right? And I talk about sinkhole. Sinkhole is inevitable. In your life, you will face sinkhole. And sometimes we misunderstand, Lord, why? I don't get it. We misunderstand about sinkhole. In the sinkhole, we, we, uh, uh, since we cannot see anywhere but up, we, those are the moments that we can seek God, seek Jesus. There's no such thing as coincidence in God. Everything is happening in God's uh, providence. God is working uh, in, uh, in plan in our lives. And today I want to talk about signs. You know, in our journey, in our uh, way, we will face many signs. As you, most of us are drivers, and when you drive, you will see many traffic signs, right? Like, for example, like this. Some of the traffic signs are very confusing. What is that? You know, and some of them are very obvious. Among those signs, what is most obvious to you? Of course, stop sign, right? Because you probably saw the title of this message. Don't ignore stop sign. Right? Yeah, this is the sign in different language. I went to many different countries, and I noticed there are many different signs. But I can just tell without knowing the word. I know that stop sign. You know. Do you know what this is? Sat. This is you know this is North Korean. When you go to North Korea, South Korea is Jeongji, but in North Korea it's Sot. I think it's very like Sot. If you don't know, you know, we have a few non-Korean friends here. I, I want to teach you Korean word. Stop means Sot. Like, stop right there. Uh, I remember uh, I was driving once on the street, kind of tiny street, and there was stop sign. I have some tendency to not completely stop at the stop sign. I know some of you guys probably do the same thing, especially like driving early in the morning, like five o'clock, small street, I don't really completely stop, you know, like just slow down and just, you know, take off. And I remember one, uh, one day I was driving, I, I just slowly, I didn't completely stop, stop, and I just slowly stopped and I took off. Then out of nowhere, there was a policeman stopped me. I was so upset, you know, like, and this is what I usually do when I meet uh, police. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I will never do it again. Would you please forgive me? No. You gave me a ticket. Uh, that doesn't really work. Uh, anyway, I got a ticket. I was so upset. You know, like having a ticket this day is expensive, right? I was so upset. After that incident, when I see the stop sign, I stop. Then I count to myself. You know, like one. Like 1,001, you know, like 2,001. And they, then you, you, you know, then I began to drive again. But not for long. You know what I'm saying? I hate to get a ticket. If I ignore the traffic sign, I will get, you know, like punishment for that. I have to pay the price for that, right? But it didn't last for long. That, that reminds of me, 
We need to, you know, worship, and we need to uh, come to the worship, and we need to hear the word of God again and again and again. Sometimes it feels like it's redundant, right? I mean, the message I was talking about, you know, temptation. I have to prepare temptation this week, and I thought about, hey, didn't I talk about temptation not that long ago? I checked. It was last June when I shared with you the Lord's Prayer series, Later Sign Temptation. That that series, I shared about temptation. I remember one of the brothers said, Pastor, I, I, I'm facing so many temptations in my life. I still remember that his statement. But also it reminded me, hey, we need to hear the word again and again. What thing that I want to share with you is very simple, and this is the passage you already know. But it is important for us to remind ourselves. Life lesson, if we ignore the stop sign, you will get the ticket. Simple as that. I want to share three things about uh, temptation today. Joseph lived a successful life. And through his story, we can learn the important thing about temptation. First one, uh, everyone faced temptation. Joseph faced temptation, verse 7, today. And after the while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, you know, by the way, Joseph was so handsome. And Mrs. Potiphar said, come to bed with me. Everyone faced temptation. Therefore, you don't have to feel ashamed when you get tempted. You know, some of us misunderstand about temptation and uh, that we commit to, uh, to the sin. Temptation and sin is two different things, right? You, get, you can get temp- tempted. For example, I was uh, traveling one day and I found a wallet, woman's wallet. And when I, you know, I have to, somebody dropped it, and I just checked it. There's no ID. But a bundle of cash, $100 bills, at least 100 of them. How much is that, Julian? $10,000, at least $10,000. This is a question for you. Moment I saw, $10,000 in my hand. There's no ID. Do you think your pastor get tempted? Yes? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Julian. Uh, you can get tempted. Right? I was tempted. Maybe couple, like two seconds. Wow. Thank you, God. I mean, you, no ID and $10,000? I mean, but... I cannot just take the money. Somebody's lost it, right? I have to find the person who lost it. I, was, I had to make sure that this wallet has to return to the person who lost it. Thank God I found the person. She felt so, oh, thank you. She was saying all those things. See, you can get tempted at a spring moment, but give it in to temptation is a different thing, right? Martin, as Martin mentioned, the bird, you, birds passing by your head, you can't control over it, right? Birds can pass you many times, right? But if you let the bird build a nest on your head, that's something you can control over. You know what I'm talking about? Everyone faced temptation. Even Jesus got tempted. But the difference between us and Jesus is this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. We are tempted and we give it into temptation so many times. We blew up so many times. But 
difference is that Jesus was tempted in every way, but yet he was without sin. But let me ask this question. When Jesus was tempted, who was, what uh, was Jesus tempted by? What was temptations? And what about us? What do you get tempted? What are the temptations out there? You know what? It's pretty much the same. From the beginning of gen- you know, like creation, from book of Genesis to even present day, very similar thing. Satan is somehow is not smart. He's giving the similar temptations. This is it. John mentioned in uh, for John 2.16, for everything in the world, craving for sinful man. This is the first one. And lust of his eyes. And the boasting of what he has and, and does. Three things. Remember, the snake that tempted Eve, when she saw the fruit of the good and evil, it looks so, I mean, looks good for food and pleasing to eyes and desirable for gaining wisdom. See, the craving of a sinful man, it was a good for food. It has to do with your physical things, desires. Remember when Satan tempted Jesus after fasting 40 days? He took him and, 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 and asked Jesus, turn your stone into the bread. has to do with our craving of this sinful desire. And second is the lust of his eyes. It looks so good. The, the fruit of good and evil looks so tasteful. It looks. It has to do with the eyes. Satan took Jesus after fasting 40 days on the highest mountain and show him all the glories of nations, show him all the glory of these worlds. And if you bow down before me, I will give it to you. He let Jesus see all those things. It has to do with lust of eyes and boasting about what he has, what he does. When Eve saw the fruit, Satan was tempted. If we this, you're going to be like God. Wow, they'll be awesome. Remember, Satan took Jesus top of the temple, and if you fall, God's going to send angel to assist you. Angel will ha- have you. Then people will say, wow, what a miracle. Wow, what a spectacular scene. People will give you, you know, glory and all that. Similar things happening in our, in our lives. But I want you to notice these words here. Everything in the world, craving of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the posting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. It's not from the Father. There's no God in there. There's no God. Therefore, we resist. It's not from God. That's the first point everyone face, faces. Temptation. Second point, uh, temptation can be resisted. In today's Bible text, Joseph was tempted. Think about Joseph. He was only 17. He was sold as slave. He didn't speak Egyptian language. Did you know that? Canaanite and Egyptian, they were speaking different language. So he didn't have any linguistic skills. So I'm sure he got a like, very low job. But from that, 
lowest job, he became the like, manager of that Mr. Potiphar's house. He made it. I mean, he could compromise. When Mrs. Potiphar was kept asking her to go to battle with him, he could, I mean, I built this kingdom even though it was a slavery kingdom, you know, I built it. I don't want to blow this up. So he could compromise, but he didn't. I like this verse here, verse 8, but he refused. He was, I'm sure he had desires. He was a young man, but he refused. His refusal should teach us there is big difference between facing temptation and falling into temptation. Joseph had no control over Mrs. Potiphar, but he could control his decision. You can control your decision. That is at the important point. We can control our you know, decisions. Remember I shared with you an illustration about the guy who wanted to have a donut, though his doctor said not to have a Swiss dove? And this is he offered before he was passing by this donut shop, this is how we offer prayer. Lord, uh, if there's a parking spot at front of the donut shop, I will take it as your, your sign to have me a donut. Do you think it's proper prayer? What do you think? He, found, he got it. He got the spot. After he circling around like eight times. <laughs> you know what that means? He already decided. He already decided to have donut no matter what. That's how we do. Everything what we do is premeditated. We already pre-plan it. Like back in our minds, I think I can fool God. I mean, isn't that us? In order for us to resist temptation, we have to premeditate it. Yes. We have to plan it before our hand. You know, Joseph did it. That's how he could resist. Mark uh, 1438, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. This is what Jesus taught us. This is a serious matter. So watch and pray. We need to watch and pray because we don't know when we get tempted. But at the same time, we have to have faith that temptation can be resisted. It is important for us to have that. Last point, uh, God always provides a way to escape from temptations. You know what? Some of us firmly believe there's no way I can, I can resist temptation. We firmly believe that. You got to change that you know, thinking pattern. You can resist temptation. Of, I mean, actually, that, you know, that statement is right. With your own strength and power, you cannot resist temptation. That's why we have to pray. That's why we need His aid, His help for us to overcome temptation. You can escape from temptation, and victory can be yours. You know this well-known passage, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. What's that mean? It is common to man. It's not some weird, something that I cannot resist kind of things. It is common to me. You can deal with that. And God is faithful. He is faithful God, and He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way. Oh, I love this statement. He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. I would say every temptation you face has already been faced by others. And you can never say the temptation was too great. 
God is so faithful that He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Few applications, uh, two impacts. I want to share first one. Temptation skip route number one, run away and stay away from tempting people and place. This is tough. You know, like, what do you mean? Like, I mean, do I need to get rid of the friendship and stuff? Sometimes demand is there. Little Johnny wanted to have a cookie, but his mother said, absolutely not. It's too close to dinner, and those cookies are for dessert. A few minutes later, Johnny's mother heard him in the kitchen. She said, Johnny, what are you doing in the kitchen? You know, Johnny said, Mom, I'm fighting temptation. I am fighting temptation in the kitchen. You know, maybe that's us. It's kind of dumb. We need to run away from the place, sometimes even from people. And though he spoke of Joseph day after day, oh my goodness, this was tough for Joseph. He refused to go to bed with her uh, or even be with her. It was probably tough for Joseph, right? That's why he wanted not even be with her. But one day he had to go back to the house because he was a manager of the house of Potiphar, right? And there was nobody that were there. And she caught him by his clock and said, come to bed with me. But he left his clocks in her hand and ran out of the house. That's the wisdom maybe some of us need to take. Escape. Run fast as you can. Run away. Last second uh, application is temptation. Escape route number two. Remember God who watches you. How did Joseph escape from his uh, temptation? Because Joseph was always aware of the eyes of God. This is very important. He knew that God was watching him and everything. When Joseph was tempted with Mrs. Potiphar, Joseph told uh, Mrs. Potiphar why she hasn't going to have sex with her. First, he refused because that's not right for, uh, his, ma- for his masters, right? It's not loyal for his master. But the main reason was this, because he knew God was watching him. This is not the Bible, but there was some Jewish traditional writing. Uh, Joseph was talking to Mrs. Potiphar, saying, let me share about my God. And uh, for Egyptian, God was God of sun. And she kind of, they were communicating, you know, like the conversation. And she, she took off her clothes and, and there was a statue of the Egyptian God and covered the statue with her clothes and said, see, God cannot see us. Let's go to bed. But the Joseph said, but, hey sister, Mrs. Polly Bounce, my God sees everything. You know, in order for us to live the successful life, we have to have this mentality. This, I think it's so important for us to know that God is watching us. Not, you know, like, I'm going to watch you all the time. It's not like, you know, that kind of uh, thing, but it is, He's watching over us. You know, like, for example, uh, at night, before you sleep, some of you maybe cannot sleep because you worry too much. Maybe worry about your future, your spouses, or, you know, your school, or whatever. I mean, you, you, some folks, they do that. Maybe not. 
I mean, some of us, we worry too much. You know what I say? I consider that as a sin. You know, that's sin. Bible says not to worry. But we worry a lot. I mean, think about this. God watches everything. Let's say, God is watching me. God is watching me. And He loves me so much. He's watching you and He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he, He's in control. Your life, my life is, you know, my life belongs to Him. And He knows how, you know, He's going to make things, He's going to make things work in my life. That, that's a trust part, right? We have to have that trust part. Since God is watching, He's going to take care of my life. He's living God. There's a trust issue. God is watching all of us. That's why He didn't commit a sin. No one is greater than this house of the I am. I am master with the house of nothing from except you because you are His wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against not your husband but to God? Before you uh, do anything, before you give it in to temptation, uh, maybe this talk can help you. Uh, you know, every action we do, we gotta just price tag. You gotta pay the price for every action we do, and you have to ask the question: What? How much do I have to pay the price if I give it in to whatever that it is? Think about the King David. He touched the. Seba, right? I mean, who has a husband? When he committed adultery to the Bathsheba, did he think about all the, the price that he has to pay? Maybe not. I mean, what was the price he had to pay? He killed her husband. I mean, wow. And, and in house of household of the David, there was a rape, there was a violence, there was crazy stuff. Many years. If we knew that, the price he has to pay. I don't think he probably committed adultery, right? So it's important for us to demand ourselves and ask the question. I want to conclude my message today. Uh, last week was a very hectic uh, week of my life. I was emotionally ups and downs, ups and downs. Last week, I, you know, I had a funeral Monday. Tuesday night, I have a, my niece had, had a wedding on Friday, Friday night. So we had the family get together and it was celebration mode. We have to like, you know, have a celebration mode. And so we was crazy. I mean, yesterday, uh, Alice and uh, Ian's grandmother's funeral. And it was very emotionally tough week. I remember Friday night when, we have, when my niece got you know, married and when I attended this wedding ceremony, it was beautiful wedding ceremony. Very uh, worship more than I was so happy you know when they walk in you know we stretch our hands and pray for the couples and there were the communion doing the service and it was wonderful I thought to myself what if my mom is still alive you know and I, she would be so proud of her she would be so delightful because she was our first child of our siblings so you know so she got a lot of attention from not only us but from my grand, my mom so she uh, loved her so much. So oh, what if she was here and seeing all this great thing? Uh, I was like, and what, what if my father was still alive? And if he saw this wedding, he would be so powerful. I mean, proud, proud of her. 
Then I slept on that Friday night after wedding all that. And Saturday morning when I was doing devotional time, the image came into my mind. My parents, both the parents were smiling at uh, my niece. And they were saying, that's my grandchild. That's my granddaughter. And they were happy. And I was so grateful. And thought about Jesus. Do you know what is the shortest passage in the Bible? John 11, I think 45. Jesus wept. The shortest Bible in the passage. Do you know why he, he, he cried? Uh, he cried uh, at the burial site, the Lazarus. When Lazarus died, people thought, you know, this is the end of the life. But he just felt compassion on them. He just cried together with them. And the other incident the Bible mentioned about the Jesus cry over, uh, that was the city of, when he saw the city of Jerusalem, when he saw the, you know, the Jerusalem, he cried over the city. Because people had issues. People, you know, like suffering, dying, with so many problems. And the main problem was the sin. That's why he wept over the city of Jerusalem. And I thought about myself, when he sees us, is he going to say, hey, you know what? I'm so proud of you. I'm so delightful. You are my child. That's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. Or is he going to cry over me? That was a question to me. And this is a question to all of us. Your life is so precious. We, you can, we cannot waste our life. So precious. That's why Christ came and he gave himself for us. You know, this is the passage. I don't know passage, last one. Let me read it to you. He himself, Jesus Christ, bore our sins in his body on the tree, cross, that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. The life we meant to live, righteous, abundant life. Life fruitful, life Abundance, you know, like life. I mean, not lowly life. I don't want each, I mean, anyone to live that kind of life. That is how he desire of you to live that life. Let's pray. We fail many times. I fail many times. We give it in to temptation many times. I give it in to temptation many times. But Jesus Christ is calling us again. You can start again. You can be tempted, but you can still resist temptation because I want to provide a way I want to provide a way so you can escape from temptation I want our Lord when he sees us I want him to say hey that's my child that's my son I'm so proud of him Whatever we have failed in our past, doesn't really matter. Let's give it to the Lord.
let's start brand new week with Him. And then let's ask Him, Lord, with my own will, there's no way I can win temptation. But I ask Holy Spirit, who is enabled us to do, deal with anything. Can you pray the prayer? When you pray the prayer, God will give you strength. He's gonna, you will see the amazing strength in you. Let's spend a few minutes in prayer. That's one minute in prayer. <laughs>